I seem to have misplaced my script. What, what is this again? That? Really? From approximately coast to coast, void where prohibited by law, this is the incomparable Radio Theater. There, there are laws against Radio Theater? That was the shot that killed Paul Citrone. He died in a sewer in Vienna. Perhaps that was the shot. Ah, there we go. Now, where were we? Yes, it was a gunshot in a sewer beneath Vienna that was the end of Paul Citrone. But it was not the beginning. Like a cat, he had many lives and a lustrous sheen and I can recount them all. How can that be? Very simple. Because my name is Paul Citrone. Guy Van Stratton recreates his famous role as Paul Citron in The Confidence Man. Tonight's episode, F for Frame. Now, where was I? Oh, yes, France. Yes, the climate in Lyon had me hot under the collar. Or, more to the point, had the authorities hot to make a collar. So I took a cue from Signore Columbus and set out for the not-so-new world. October found me in old Quebec, ensconced at the Chateau Fondulac or some such thing, soaking up a crude approximation of the world I'd left behind, or so I had thought. Rose, monsieur? One dollar. Ah, keep the change. Ten dollar. Merci, monsieur. What can I say? Leon had been good. As I slouched toward the hotel bar one afternoon, I heard a lobby boy call my name. Telegram for Roby. Telegram for John Roby. Well, <laughs> one of my names. Over here, Garçon. The telegram may have been addressed to John Roby, but the message began, Dear Mr. Citrone. It was from the president of the Montreal Currency Exchange, one Olivier St. Lawrence, requesting my presence, Toute de suite. Well, as tempting as the hotel bar was, and goodness knows it was, it's not every day that one is summoned to a currency exchange, now is it? Yes, who is there? John Roby, at your request. Yes, yes, come in! A pleasure to meet you, uh, Monsieur... Uh, dealer's choice. Indeed, Mr. Citron. Indeed. To what do I owe your pleasure to meet me? Seat, seat. <laughs> of course, I, I thought I already was. Quite all right, sir. Now. Cigar? I think I'll pass, thank you. Perhaps we should cut to the chase. Why am I here, Monsieur Saint Laurence? Surely you know. I was under the impression it was to enjoy Montreal in the springtime. It's October, monsieur. I'm patient. Of course, now that you are here, I'm not sure whether I should tell you 
or simply have you arrested. On what grounds? On these grounds, sir. He threw an envelope onto the desk in front of me. I would tell you to read it, but you already know what it says. I'm fairly sure I don't. Then read it, Citron. It was a letter typed on onion-skin paper, worn nearly translucent at the edges by no-doubt nervous fingers. A letter addressed to St. Lawrence at the exchange. It read as follows. To whom it may concern, as I make my way toward your fair city, I expect my reputation to have preceded me. This is why I shall be traveling under an assumed name. As for the why, I thought it only sporting to give advance notice. For in six days' time, I will be stealing half a million dollars from your currency exchange. Bon chance! Signed, Paul F. Citrone. You don't seriously believe I would send a letter like this, do you? That letter arrived four days ago. And I only arrived yesterday, which means... Timing is everything. Look, the first rule... Never steal anything in bulk. How heavy is half a million dollars in currency anyway? Diamonds I could drop in my pocket without missing a step, but... Please, Monsieur Citron, what do you take me for? Fine, fine. But answer me this. What possible reason could I have in sending such a letter? It's only sporting, as you say. Sporting of me to risk getting caught? That's a fool's game, and if my reputation really had preceded me, I'd like to think that fool is not part of the precis. How can I be sure that this isn't all smoke and mirrors? Do you really think I'd announce my intentions to your face and give you time to prepare? I may be confident, monsieur, but there's one thing I'm not, and that's sporting. You really didn't send this letter? Paul F. Citrone? I don't even have a middle name. So you're saying this is a frame? And I suspect the F is for fake. Guy Van Stratton as the confidence man will be back. But first, this message. No, I know the movie was the confidence man. For sure. All right. Finley Quality Network, FQM. What's that? <coughs> I'm Glenn Fleischman. You might know me from your dentist's mailman's chance encounter at the grocery store. When I'm recording a Tesla episode, I need my voice to be crystal clear, so I can't afford a sore throat. That's why I take the throat lozenge that's helped generations wirelessly for over 200 years. Ah. <sighs> Ah, that's much better. So remember, ask for it by name. What's that? This is a Gotham Cigarettes news update. And now, the man with the news, Carl Phillips. Dateline, Santa Mira, California, following up now on recent storms, bringing rains and oddly seed pods to drench this northern California town. We take you to Howie Coke in the field. Howie, come in, Howie. Look, you fools, you're in danger, can't you see? They're after you. They're after all of us, our wives, our children, everyone. I think you may be burying the lead there, Howie. You're here already, you're next. Howie, it appears you've dropped your microphone. Well then.
More to come as this story develops. Whatever happened to prize-winning pigs and minor traffic accidents? I tell you, Dutchie, things are getting weird around here. What? We'll turn off the damn microphone. Cool Blades Hot Ice High Sticking Action when Canadian Double Minor League Hockey comes to most of your Finley Quality Network affiliates. Thrill to the Spills, Alouettes, and the Nets when the Candiac Caribou meet the Bala Alligators at the Old Fire Hall this Saturday afternoon. Fast break hockey the way it was meant to be heard. It's Hockey Afternoon in Canada. Double Minor League Hockey Match of the Week. Catch it. And now we return to The Lives of Paul Citron. I suppose if I had been concerned, I would have wondered who knew I was in town and under what name. Some would say there's no such thing as coincidence, but I do like to think some things happenstance for a reason. As I strolled back to the Chateau Paul de Rac or what have you, I decided to concern myself instead with a certain flower girl. A flower girl with a coincidentally familiar face. Lily? No, I'm afraid I do not have any Lily. Your name is Lily. I think you must have been mistaken for someone else, monsieur. My name is Lilo. Lilo? Lilo. Ah, I'm sorry, I... I thought you might have mistaken me for someone as well. But I do not know you, monsieur. Oh, but I think you knew me when. I'm sure I don't. Perry? Before the war? Which war would that be? Eh, isn't there always a war? <laughs> Perhaps. In a past life we were, how you say, acquainted? <laughs> a past life, yes. Yes, maybe that's the word. Jean, is it? Oh, Paul? Mm, something like that. So I invited her for a drink, and just like Paris before the war, we met that evening at the Chateau Tabernacle, I think it was. I do know that it was quite smoky. Oh, Paul. Why, Lily, hi, Lily, uh, Lilo. You've been waiting to do that all evening. <laughs> Among other things. <laughs> we'll always have Perry. And so, <coughs> flower girl, huh? Who would ever suspect an innocent flower girl? Suspect me of <coughs> what? I really am innocent. This time. And so, not like Perry. Not quite. The accent's a little different. There are more moves. I meant. I know what you meant. <laughs> Of course. Now, what brings you to town? I thought you stuck to the continent. I did. Until the continent wanted to make it permanent. (coughs) 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 Why, Montréal? I thought you knew that as well. After (laughs) all, you knew my name. Please, you're always Jean Hobie when the language is French. (laughs) Well, am I really that predictable? Maybe not to everyone. I mean, I don't know what you have in mind for tonight. (laughs) I'm sure you could hazard a guess. I think maybe... 
<coughs> Some fresh air. <coughs> See? <coughs> you can read my mind. We set out for a walk in the cool October night. A cigarette here, a caress there. <laughs> Paris came flooding back, as Paris is wont to do. But alas, we were not alone. Paul, what is it? We're being followed. She handed me her cigarette, I tapped her ash, then took a drag myself. Then I called out our shadow. Ali Ali Oxenfree, Saint Laurence. Is this a children's game to you? No, it looks like a romantic evening with a third wheel. I suppose that could be a children's game. I'm beginning to think you don't trust me, Olivier. I'm going to keep an eye on you until you leave Quebec, Citron. I should think that, if it's your currency you're worried about, you would keep an eye on that instead. You know where I am right now, but do you know where your money is? Locked up tight, monsieur, with a phalanx of guards. A phalanx, you say? <laughs> Are you quite certain? I'll have you know these men have worked for us for years. Biding their time until the perfect frame came into view. Don't be ridiculous. It sounds plausible to me. You're in this with him, aren't you? Oh, if this is a leisurely stroll with an old friend, then, well, I suppose I am. I assure you, on my honor, or if you prefer my dishonor, your currency is currently the farthest thing from my mind. Oh, Paul, so predictable. Yeah, still playing mind reader, I see. I can only hope. Ugh, the two of you are mad! I'm not the one shadowing an innocent couple out for a night on the town now, am I? <laughs> oh, that was fun. Less Paris and more like Marseille, oui? Let's see. How did Marseille end? Tears and regrets and uh, some shiny steel, albeit temporary, bracelets. Hmm. And before that? Ah, uh, yes. I remember that well. Read my mind, Paul. And so we reminisced that night. <laughs> Several times, in fact. As for Olivier St. Lawrence, he sat by his vault waiting for a citrone that would never come. I left Lilo, or Lily, or whatever she was calling herself this week, and took one last long walk alone in the glittering Quebecois night, the lights dancing like diamonds on the water. Your bag, sir! Thank you, Garçon. That next morning I decided to leave Old Quebec for greener pastures and hopefully greener fortunes, such as the lot of a so-called confidence man. C'est la vie. Leaving town so soon, Citron? I say, Saint Laurence, you should be happy to see me go. I trust your money is all tucked in safe and sound. Here, let me. Taxi! Ever so kind. Give my best to the phalanx. Adieu, Monsieur Saint Laurence, and merci beaucoup. Merci beaucoup? For, for what? Getting him a taxi? No, for providing me the perfect smoke and mirrors.
well, dear friends, that was how I managed to liberate a million dollars in uncut stones from the Cap Diamond Diamond Syndicate. Oh, <laughs> yes, I may have forgotten to mention one or two details along the way, for which I do beg your pardon. I assure you I told you only the most interesting parts. You'll have to read my mind for the rest. Of course, the thing to remember when constructing the perfect frame is to make sure that it is as imperfect as possible, at least when that frame is around yourself. You have been listening to Guy Van Stratton in The Lives of Paul Citron. He will be back next week on most, but not all, of these Finley Quality Network stations. Paul Citron rhymes with bone. I still like the confidence man instead. Fascinating. I had no idea so many states had legislated against. The Incomparable Radio Theater was written and edited by David J. Lore and starred Serenity Caldwell, David M. Lore, and me, Philip Michaels. It was directed by Serenity Caldwell, produced by Jason Snell, and featured music by Christopher Bree. 